Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of C3 Crystals, Cauldrons, and Cocktails. Today, we're going to be talking about casting circles and closing or resolving circles. What are we drinking? Oh, I guess I should say I'm River Kane, and this is the first time I'm podcasting without my dear friend, Ren. I'm a little nervous to do this alone, uh, but as my husband says, I'm never at a loss for words. In fact, he says he's only seen me speechless one time, and that was when he proposed to me after only knowing me for six weeks, and I truly was uh, speechless. At any rate, it's also less fun to drink by myself, but I wanted to continue the tradition of cocktails, especially since we're planning on making that cocktail recipe book in the future. So today I am drinking a, a drink called Blackberry Vibes which is a dry sparkling wine with muddled blackberries and a blackberry garnish. And it's delicious. And um, it was one that I could tweak and test without getting too wasted (laughs) since I don't have uh, Ren here to help me today. So let's get to it. So casting a circle. Casting a circle is one of the basics of practicing witchcraft. As usual, there's a lot of conflicting information out there. So as we always say, go with what your gut tells you, do your own research. Your magical practice is specific to you. So follow your heart. That being said, it's not something that every witch even does. It's more of a personal choice. And given that, it is very subjective um, and very personal to you as to how you go about doing it, which is probably why there's so many conflicting sites and information out there. So what is it? A circle is often used to protect from external influences during things like spell work, scrying, rune work, pendulum dousing. Another thought is that a circle is used as protection from evil forces, more simply as a psychological tool to put yourself in the right state of mind, to get yourself ready for doing your spell or ritual or whatever it is that you're doing. Practitioners generally cast magic spells to contain and concentrate the energy that they raise during a ritual. The circle is generally used at the start of a ritual or casting, and it actually has several different names, which I found to be pretty fascinating. It can be called casting the circle, calling the quarters, honoring the elementals, calling on the four guardians, saluting the watchtowers lesser banishing ritual, opening the four gates, divine incantations, and incantations to protective gods of the four directions, that kind of thing. There's all kinds of names for it out there. Uh, Basically, by creating a sacred space and invoking the elements, a witch can raise power within that circle and charge the energies with her or his magical intent. Working with the elemental spirits and the four directions, you can direct your inner work to manifest out in our world. You know, that saying, as above, so below, that's one of Ren's favorite um, sayings that she actually loves. There's a movie by that name as well that is one of her favorite movies. You all should go watch that. Uh, To cast a circle is a deeply symbolic act, and it can add the following benefits. It creates a sacred space, which allows you to focus on your work at hand by adding the appropriate spiritual vibrations to your altar and your setting. So like, think about your circle as how other religions 
think of their buildings and temples. You know, a church to Christians is considered sacred, whereas with a witch, the circle is what's sacred, which this can be really handy if you want to do your spell or ritual out in your backyard under a tree or on the deck, like I like to do, instead of your living room. It it isn't tied to um, a specific building necessarily. Casting a circle in, enables you to create a protective shield to keep out unwanted influences so that you can feel safe enough to open yourself up spiritually, which is what a lot of times we're doing when we're spell casting, and also remain confident that only positive energies are going to be there within that circle. Circle The circle works to contain the energies that are raised, making your spell more focused and also that way more potent. So it's not a bad idea if you want to explore casting circles. When you call the quarters, these quarters reside in the cardinal points, east, uh, south, west, and north. So when you're calling the quarters, you're doing more than simply working the compass points of north, south, east, and west. You're actually inviting the symbolic energies for each of those cardinal points to attend your spell working or your ritual, whatever it is that you're doing, um, and guarding over you while you are doing your magic and they asking them to become a part of your magic. Essentially, we are calling upon the elements from the four directions to join us in the ritual, lend us their power, energy, and protection. The elements, of course, are earth, air, fire, and water, and they are associated with north, east, south, and west. So if you're a solitary witch, you would call upon these elements yourself when you're casting your circle. If you're working in a group like your coven, then you might have one witch stand for each element or cardinal direction um, within the circle. It's totally up to you. Um, That being said, it's also been thought that uh, when you create a circle, that it is creating a place that's actually within between worlds, you know, and there is a lot of magic thought that goes into the betweens. Uh, I think we've talked about before when, Um, The Charmed episode, I don't know if you all remember the Charmed episode where you have when you stand in between things, that's where the magic is really powerful. We actually should do an episode on the in-betweens at any rate. Well, creating this spiritual circle is also considered to be an in-between place, which is, is between worlds. And there's a few reasons why you might want to work in a space between worlds. Um, Number one is that it can heighten your spiritual senses. Um, This allows you to do things like commune with the spirits, you can astral travel, um, astral project, and read energy patterns a lot easier in a space that's in between worlds. A circle can be physical or not. Um, A truly minimalistic way of casting a circle is to just do it through pure visualization. Um, That can work really well without having to do anything physical. The history of circle use. Now, circles have always been uh, seen to represent infinity, the infinite nature of energy, the circular aspect to the cycles of time, the movement of the seasons. We've always seen these in aspects of the circle. I have a joke speaking of circles. Squares are cool, but circles have pie. I I like pie. Okay, Okay, that was bad. In ancient times, think about how people saw the moon and the sun. Those would be circles to their eyes. The 
invention of the wheel, a circle, had a huge impact on humanity and the growth of humanity. Um, so it's no wonder that the circle plays an important part in magic and spellcasting as well. Traditionally, circles were believed to by ritual magicians in the past to form a protective barrier between them and whatever they were summoning, like if you're summoning a demon or whatever, that the circle would hold that energy and keep you safe from anything that you might summon. The Celtic circle, which is also called the Came circle, which the Celtic words, I don't always pronounce right, but it's C-A-I-M. And it's actually a representation of a prayer. And the prayer was done in a sacred circle at the altar during Celtic weddings. And it was therefore called the Celtic circle. The came was the Celtic tradition of casting a ring or a circle of protection. It was done with the intention of protecting a couple during their wedding. I found that to be really interesting. It's a prayer with a specific rhyme and meter created to protect the groom and the bride during their marriage ceremony. Did you know <laughs> marriage was a political affair among the ancient Celts, especially when the bride and the groom came from different clans? So treachery would often happen at weddings to prevent you know, alliances from being formed and that kind of thing. So weddings often turned into war and battle. So this is why the came was very important to any marriage ceremony. The tradition of the bride on her groom's left arm also originated in the Scottish Highlands, as most were right-handed. Those Scottish, most people are right-handed. Um, and so the groom escorted his bride to the altar and his fighting arm, the right hand, was free to get to his sword in case he needed to during this wedding ceremony. There also, the best man's role, the original best man's role at the wedding was also bodyguard so that the groom and the bride could pay attention to each other while they're exchanging vows. The, the best man's role was to protect them um, to make sure that, that they didn't get slaughtered during their wedding. And then as Christianity came into play, the came later became the uh, Christian Celtic prayer of protection is what that came. You can go on the internet and actually look up came, C-A-I-M um, circle, and it'll show you what one looks like. So how do you cast a circle? First, you have to determine how big of a circle you're going to need for whatever your purpose is. Uh, according to Learn Religions, which of course is one of Ren's and my favorite places to go and do our research, the size of the circle will depend on how many people need to be inside of it and what the circle's purpose is. If you're hosting a small coven meeting for a few people, then a nine-foot diameter cell, uh, circle is going to be sufficient. On the other hand, if it's Beltane and you've got a big party going on, you've got dozens of pagans preparing to do a spiritual dance or a drum circle, you're going to need a significantly larger space than, than that. And if you're a solitary practitioner, then you can easily work in a three to five foot circle, whatever it is that um, you need, because it's just you. In some practices, a circle is physically marked on the ground, while in others, it's merely visualized, as I said. Uh, the circle is almost always oriented to the four cardinal points, usually with candles or some other kind of marker that's placed at the north, east, south, and west, on, um, and the altar is then in the center of your circle. You will want to have all the tools that you need for casting or whatever it is that you're doing in this circle right there in the middle on your altar. 
Did you know, I actually read on one site that Native Americans have seven directions where we have our cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. Native Americans actually have seven directions, which are north, south, east, west, above, below, and within, and that it basically encompasses everything in each direction, plant, animal, rock, and tree. I found that to be fascinating. Uh, Purify your location physically by tidying up the spot, making things orderly. If you're outdoors, clear the area of branches, leaves, and rocks. Uh, Cleanse the area spiritually. So meditating, you can use your hands or a wand or a broom um, if your practice involves those things. And you can push the negative energy from that spot. We talked about that in our broom episode about how you can use the broom to clear negative energies. You can also try a cleansing agent like witch hazel, sage, patchouli, or lavender to cleanse the area. A couple of drops in each corner of the room and around the perimeter of your circle would be perfect. And then before entering the circle, participants might want to be purified as well, whether that's through meditation, through um, walking through sage smoke, um, whatever it is, however you want to um, go about Uh, purifying yourself and the others with you. So one way to to actually cast a circle is to begin at the north and call upon the deities or the elements or whatever it is that you use in your practice associated with each one of those directions. Usually your invocation might mention the aspects associated with that direction, emotion, intellect, strength, whatever. Mark the circle on the floor or ground, which you don't necessarily have to do physically. Place a candle at each of the four quarters, green to the north to represent earth, yellow to the east to represent air, red or orange to symbolize fire in the south, and blue to the west to associate with water. Um, If you don't want to use candles, you can't have fire, whatever, you're worried about burning things, you can do salt or a stone to represent earth or north incense, broken glass to stand for air in the east. Water can be any water in any receptacle, um, anything blue that would represent the water or the west. Red or orange candle is what I had for, for the fire itself. But if you're not wanting to use a candle, you can also use the aces of your tarot deck to represent fire or south. In fact, you can use altar cards to represent each element in place of the candles, which is really cool. All necessary magical tools should already be placed on the altar in the center. You move clockwise around the circle, carrying a lit candle or a lighter or wand or a marker, whatever it is that you're using to create your circle. Uh, Moon water works. And then at each of the four cardinal points, you call upon the deity or the watchtowers or the guardians or the spirits or the elements or whatever it is. Or you can walk around the circle, lighting the candles, leaving a trail of salt around the boundary. Um, I personally do like to use salt. We have one patron who can't use salt because it's not environmentally environmentally appropriate for where she is. So she probably wouldn't use salt. But at each cardinal direction, you recite an invocation like blessings upon the creatures and spirits of the north, blessings upon the creatures and spirits of the south, that kind of thing. There are several sites that actually have verses that if you want to look for something more formal, 
there are several very formal verses out there, or you can write your own. I, I do like the rhyming ones that, that means something to myself that I connect with the rhyming. Some people don't like rhyming. Once the circle is then cast, everyone may enter. You may have them say some kind of ritual upon entering. Um, at no time during the ritual should anyone exit the circle without performing a ceremonial cutting. And I'll, I'll get more into closing a circle, or it's actually called opening a circle or releasing the circle, since actually casting the circle makes a closed circle. It's confusing. Other thoughts on casting circles. So some witchcraft tradition traditions say that you must trace the circle three times, which there's that that rule of three. I think in Wicca, three is very important. Circles may or may not be physically marked on the ground. Um, you can use a variety of elaborate patterns for circular markings. It could be a simple circle, or it can be, you know, how the Celtic designs are all ornate and that kind of thing. It could be that kind of circle. And you can find those on the internet or in grimoires, magical manuals, that kind of thing to get an idea of how you want your, you're going to find one that speaks to you for a visual only circle. Imagine a blue light or, or whatever color um, means something to you shooting straight out of your heart or out of your hand to the center of the circle that you want to create. And then you see that energy begin to grow right there in the middle. And it slowly expands into a small sphere. And as you continue to pour your energy into it, you can watch it grow to encompass the entire space that you're wanting to cover. You set the intention for that sphere to remain in place while you work by saying or thinking something like, the circle is cast. We are now between the worlds. Something, you know, something like that. Words are intent. So think about how you want to say it. And then you can begin on, begin with your magical working. Markings can be done. The circle can be done. It can be an unadorned circle, or it can be an adorned circle that could be drawn with chalk. Chalk might be a good use for um, our patron who doesn't want to use salt. Um, you can use salt. You can use cords. Also, because circles tend to be really fragile, you don't want to just walk out of it. It won't necessarily be re remain intact if you do that. So you can cut a door into the energy of the circle, normally on the east side with whatever it was that you used to make your circle. And you can cut a doorway with your athame or whatever, and you can then exit the um exit out of the circle without harming the circle itself. But this opening that you've made must be closed afterwards by reconnecting the lines of the circle. You can use all kinds of tools to, to make a circle. So for our, our patron that I was talking about that doesn't want to use salt, you can use crystals. You can use uh, candles, ropes, twigs, flowers, herbs, anything that means something to you. And you can mark off a circle using those items above in patterns of three, there's that three again. So three, six, nine, 12, you can even use house plants to do your spell to, to mark your, your mark off your circle. To start off, you make, you clear the area of clutter and make sure that you aren't going to be disturbed. And then if you're going to use candles, which I think is the most common thing to use when you're casting a circle, um, you prepare four lit candles. Well, there's, controversy as to whether you light them before or during, you know, however you want to do it. After you've got your tools ready, the candles ready, 
you put yourself into a calm meditative state, which for me is a little tricky because I tend to fall asleep when I try to meditate. Once you're ready, stand facing east and call the spirits of air to guide and protect you. And you do the same thing with the rest of the elements. So as you can see, different people use different, you know, they start off with different directions. They do different incantations, that kind of thing. You do the same thing with the rest of the elements. And when you're finished, you say the circle is cast, blessed be. And then this is the moment that you can start doing your magic. I've also read that when you visualize the circle, you can imagine it as an iridescent dome of positive protective energy that extends a few feet above your head, a clear bubble that holds in the energy of your spell. After you raise the energy of your spell, you can release it by sending it out to the universe, asking that it be accomplished in accordance with good for all. That's another Wicca thing. You know, so there's any number of ways that you can do this. Many witches start with the North and earth and Uh, Druids apparently started with the air in the east because the sun always rises in the east. In Wiccan rituals, the person sometimes draws a pentagram in the air at the same time. Uh, Pentagrams can be used. Also, if you're in a coven, you can make a circle simply by joining hands. The power and focus of a group is a great way to, to make a sacred space. So once you've created your circle and you've cast your spell or done your pendulum dowsing or whatever it is that you want to do, when you're done, you've got to close the circle, which is actually also called releasing the circle or opening the circle. The circle is usually closed by the practitioner after they finished by drawing their energy with an athame or whatever it was they used to make a circle, could have been a wand, their hand, but this time they go counterclockwise. And this is called releasing the circle or opening the circle. And uh, you dissolve the circle by extinguishing the candles while speaking a note of gratitude to each element, gods, goddesses, whatever it was that you called on for help um, as you go. And you thank them for your assistant, their assistance. You thank the elements before you remove their representative objects and finally undo the casting by casting in reverse. If you only cast a visual circle, then you can reabsorb that energy back into your heart or hands, seeing the sphere shrink down until it's just a little point of, of light that disappears completely. And when you finish, think or say something like, the circle is closed but never broken. So that's what I've got on casting circles. There, there is no right or wrong way to do it. It Just like any other spiritual practice, it is always crucial to just follow your intuition, uh, use your creativity and the practice, do uh, whatever feels right. So thank you for listening to C3's, C3, Crystals, Cauldrons, and Cocktails. You can find us on our website at www.c3witchypodcast.com. And we have links there to the episodes. We've got links to our merch, our newsletters, and more. So that's probably the best place to go to find us. You can click on our social media from our website. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at C3 Witchy Podcast. We are also so very, very thankful to our patrons who make this podcast possible. Thank you guys so much for your help. If you all, if those of you who aren't supporting us yet would like to support us, please go to our Patreon and uh, you can find the link there. We are at www.patreon.com slash 
C3 Witchy Podcast, or you can just go to our website and there's a link to take you to our Patreon from there. To say thanks, we have special bonus episodes. We've got recipes of some of our cocktails. We've got all kinds of things like witchy to-do lists, which our witchy to-do list was donated by Dragoncraft Creations on Etsy. She's got a shop that has uh, some witchy stuff on it and, um, and more. Also, if something that doesn't cost anything except for a little bit of time would be to leave us a review. This would help us tremendously. So if you enjoy us, leave us a review, tell your friends that's, we got to get word out there. That's how, that's how we can survive. So that's all for this episode. Thank you so much. And we'll be back.